1: each Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour, to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsports, one word, dot com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, We will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, AP Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports, and who will discuss SEC Media Days that he covered last week. uh, When he comes on in a few minutes. And speaking of Media Days, I am heading immediately following the show down to Newport, Rhode Island, about an hour drive from my location outside Boston, and. I'll be attending one of my favorite events of the year, the American Athletic Conference Football Media Days. It's going to get off to a great start where they're going to announce uh, their all-time team for their fifth anniversary, the fifth anniversary team, uh, with the likes of Blake Bortles and Shaquem Griffin nominated, along with many, many other long list of luminaries, and uh so that'll get it kick-started today at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern. Tonight is their annual Clambake, a signature event overlooking Newport Harbor, which is uh, uh, one of the great events that I have the pleasure to attend every year. And then tomorrow is uh, Commissioner Mike Oresco's State of the AAC annual address, as well as uh, Coaches and players available for interviewing uh, all morning long, so it's just a great take. And can't wait to get going down there today, so it's going to be fun. Well, my highlight of the week was Tiger in the hunt on a Sunday at a major, specifically yesterday at the Open at Carnoustie. And he actually stood on the 11th tee as the sole leader. It's the first time that has happened in a decade or so, where on Sunday, he stood alone atop the leaderboard. Unfortunately, it was uh, short-lived as uh, things came apart on the 11th and 12th. Uh, He still had a great, great tournament and a solid round again yesterday, but... Uh, Couldn't close the deal, and as I've been watching Tiger this year, something I've noticed, and it was finally mentioned on yesterday's telecast, I think by Johnny Miller, that he seems to uh, fade a bit uh, in the latter part of his rounds, back nine, last few holes, and, uh, and even more so on Sundays. It's a pattern I've been watching here during his comeback in recent months and yesterday it seemed to happen again uh but you know he's back by any standard he's back he was uh it felt felt like the good old days waking up yesterday morning knowing he was in the hunt he got off to a quick start and lo and behold before you know it there he is literally tied for the lead and then sat alone for basically one hole the 11th and uh and that was it. And his play, but all praise to his playing partner, Francisco Molinari, who put together another bogey-free round. I think he has something like thirty-plus pars in a row, meaning uh, Saturday and Sunday, basically no bogeys, just all pars. And uh, that's the kind of play that will get you a major. He, of course, won a tournament in the last couple of weeks by like. ran away with it, ran away and hid one by like six or so strokes, if not more. So he's hot. Uh, and he certainly, uh, kept that up steady play. And, uh, he becomes the first Italian man ever to win a major, which is pretty stunning and pretty impressive. um, and sets up nicely a few years down the road, 2022 to be exact, the Ryder Cup will be in Rome. So I think it's great because uh, Molinari winning a major will jumpstart uh, golf in Italy, I'm guessing. So great stuff. Uh, my low light of the week was the fact that uh, uh, some of the top golfers in the world, the big names, Jordan Spieth, Rory McElroy Uh, We're in the mix yesterday, big time, and uh, they were each uh, sharing the lead at various moments. The lead was ever-changing all day long, uh, but they both faded on the back nine, so we didn't have what was setting up to be just an epic potential uh, fight to the finish with the likes of Spieth, McElroy, Tiger, Uh, but it was still great, Uh, nothing like waking up. Uh, in the morning here on the East Coast and just flicking on your TV and you're immediately greeted with uh, uh, a Major live from across the pond in Scotland. Uh, nothing like it. So, uh, lastly, my bizarre story of the week is after all the angst of the Patriots off offseason, uh, lo and behold, we have Tom Brady uh, dropping clues and apparently Getting ready to report early to training camp. Uh, the NFL training camps begin this week. Patriots start on Thursday. Uh, I think the rookies already have arrived in town. Uh, they may have gotten gotten going uh, yesterday, actually, over at Foxborough, about 20 minutes from where I'm broadcasting. And uh, so, yeah, it was uh, just classic that Brady after all this and missing mini camps and OTAs. Uh, looks like he's going to be showing up early, might already be there for all we know. So good stuff. Good to have the NFL back. Hard to believe. And college football media days, as I said, are underway. Uh, AP Stedham, who's joining us next segment, uh, covered sec media days last week in Atlanta for the first time. And I, again, will be heading down to Newport in the next hour or so for the American Athletic Conference Media Day. So let's take our break. And once again, next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports. So don't go anywhere.
2: Are you ready for the latest sports news, the culture around the game and unique insight? Then you need to make Kareem and the coach your destination each week. Host Kareem Rush played for the LA Lakers and has the inside track to personas in both professional and college sports. Co-host Eric Newman is a former basketball coach and now a producer and filmmaker. Together they cover sports and entertainment in a fast-paced hour every Friday at 5pm Eastern Time and 2pm Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports?
1: Three four six nine one four four, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net and it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports joins us. And A.P., how you doing today?
3: Hey, good, John. Thank you so much for having me on the show.
1: And thank you as always for calling in. Uh, I already teased this in the opening segment, but You were at a great spot last week, uh, which is SEC Media Days. And this year there was a little something new in that they were held in Atlanta. uh, And after years and years of being held in Hoover, Alabama, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, how was it? It must have been great.
3: Yeah, it was very good, John. I was in the electronic, electronic media room, which was in the Omni Hotel and they had the print media and actually in the College Football Hall of Fame. Oh, wow. So there were two different venues right next to each other. But it, I think it went very well, and uh, it was something different. But I think they're going back to Hoover next year, and then I believe they're going to try to take it on the road every year.
1: Really? Wow. That's, That's interesting. I yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. I- Think I just assumed Atlanta was going to be the new home for it, but uh, you know, moving around is like just like the NFL draft, and more and more things are just starting, as you said, to go on the road. Uh, it's a new trend. I like it. Yeah, it surprised me as well, John. I I thought Atlanta was going to be the home because of the College Football Hall of Famer. <laughs> exactly, thought they
3: did them a favor.
1: Right, right, so, yeah. No, I'm I'm very surprised, but uh, again, it's really. Uh, It's trending, you know, uh, across the board of of starting to move some of these events around. Uh, We'll see if the American Athletic Conference at any point follows suit. It might be hard to believe. They're headquartered in Providence. Obviously, they have a wide geographic reach across the country. Florida, Texas, on and on. Memphis, Cincinnati, on and on. But there's something special about holding it in Newport every summer. And uh and like I said, uh, I'll be heading down there uh, pretty much the moment after our show ends today. And uh, you've covered a lot of them with me, so you're, uh, y- you can understand why Newport would be a tough place to leave, that's for sure.
3: Oh, that's a beautiful venue. I think it's so pretty and relaxing, and yet you, get, you can get a lot of things done. But I just like being near the water. I'm just, it's personal
1: preference for me, though. Well, me too. And one of the things and we've talked about this before is that, you know, there's always some players, if not even coaches from places like Tulsa, Memphis, SMU, whatever, that, you know, have never seen the ocean before. And literally right, right. tonight at the bake, I totally expect, as has happened every year, that I will uh, that there will be uh, young college football players marveling at their first look at the ocean. So it's always really a cool sidebar to all the activities. But anyway, that's the future. That's tonight and tomorrow. Uh, Let's talk about what your experience was, you know, both in Atlanta and with the SEC, the Marquee Conference in America, having their media days. Uh, I guess my first question, AP, was there how many media were there? Massive amounts, as usual, usually over a thousand.
3: Yeah, yeah, over a thousand. I wasn't sure of the total number, but it was a, it was big as usual. And right. It's nice because you get to see people from all over the country that you'll see along during the season. But it's nice to see them at that venue, compare notes, and have some uh, dialogue. So I always enjoy being around the other journalists.
1: <clears throat> oh, no doubt about it. Uh, well, of course, as always, Nick Saban. Uh, spoke, and when he speaks, that's news. So he, of course, and I, 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 I liked what he had to say, AP. I liked how, you know, of course, he kind of headed off the quarterback controversy at the, you know, at the, uh, right off the top by saying, you know, what I thought were just the the perfect phrase, we'll see. You know, they're both competing. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. And I, And I just think that, you know, that's, I agree 100%. I was glad to see him put that out there because, you know, there's no reason to ask. I mean, it's so obvious. If ever there was an obvious competition going to occur, probably up until, I'm guessing, the week, if not the day, before the first game, uh, it'll go that deep. Uh, You know, with Tua and, of course, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, John, he's not one to
3: play his cards in front of the the public, uh, right. normally when this has happened in the past, he's tried to play two quarterbacks for the first three games and then make a decision hmm. based on the performance. But, but I'm not sure it's going to get to that point because I believe there'll be a conversation sometime here in August with Jalen and Nick Saban or Jalen and his family with Nick Saban and if I would I advise, I would advise Jalen, if somebody asked, if he asked me to walk into the room and say, okay, Coach Saban, what is your plan? And then I, you know, I wouldn't say a word until he divulged his plan for the two quarterbacks because he's the one that can make the decision. I think as the quarterback, I mean, it doesn't really matter what you have on your mind, uh, you know, unless you hear his plan, then you can act accordingly. But I think there'll be that conversation. And then either Jalen's going to, if he wins the position, of course, that's fine. That'll be great. If he is the backup role, will he accept that spot? Or does he want to move on before the school starts? Does he want to try to play a little bit and see if he can uh, beat out Tua in a game-like situation? Or, you know, what's on his mind? Because he can graduate in December. So you oh, have okay. that red shirt rule where you have you can play in four games without affecting your eligibility. But uh, like I always tell people at Alabama, it's, it's slightly different because if you play in two playoff games plus SEC championship, that's three games, which leaves you just one during the regular season. But you know, the, the other scenario, if Jalen is the backup and something happens to two where he's out for the season, then I believe he would forego his 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 red shirt year, but that's if he decides to stay. I don't know if he's going to you know, accept the backup role. I don't know if he's going to win the position. I mean, if all things are equal, I would, I would think Tua would win the position because he's more accurate throwing the football. He'll, he'll make more people happier because he distributes the football to different receivers. But I think one thing with Tua, you'll see, John, he'll probably throw a few more interceptions, but I think hmm. the offense would be more explosive if he was at the quarterback position.
1: Wow. And just to remind all of our listeners, Jalen Hurts had a fabulous couple of years as the Alabama quarterback. Yet Tua came in in the second half of the national championship game last year when they were behind. And frankly, he's an instant, instant legend through a pass in overtime to win the national championship. Rally the team who just was not having their best game against Georgia. And, you know, again, if he never threw another pass for Alabama, he, he's a, he's a legend, Tua. But Jalen Hurts has, you know, done amazing things, you know, his first few years there. And, boy, he handled with class. Tua taking taken over in the second half, uh, post-game interviews. Jalen Hurts was uh, just spectacular in his praise of Tua as he was supporting him during the game on the sideline. And uh, But, you know, I... I See, I, I recall that Jalen Hurts's father a couple months ago uh, said something to the effect that Jalen could be quote the biggest free agent in college football history. So you know, which got a lot of attention as well it should. So lo and behold, you know, with this new rule that you just mentioned, uh, Jalen Hurts of all people, a serious big name, could actually end up being like the true true marquee test case that might end up someday being called the Jalen Hurts rule. You never know. Or maybe the Tua rule. <laughs> never know. Right, right. Sort of like the right, the, right. And, the, the Larry Bird rule in the NBA. Right.
3: Same thing. Same thing. Right. And, John, I mean, his dad made that statement. And it, you have to really think. I can't recall a quarterback being in such a position, winning so many games, leading right. the team, the two national championships. I mean I think he was fairly accurate in making that uh, statement about Jalen being the, the 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 uh you know most the, the best prospect you know to transfer ever in college football. I mean it's I just can't recall something like that happening where a quarterback with those credentials
1: was available after 2 years. Exactly. Exactly and that, that's really my point is that you know for such a big name uh, as Jalen Hurts, to potentially be, you know, the marquee name that's going to end up, you know, not only, there'll be others will be, you know, working with this rule as well, no question, but, you, you know, nobody will be more high profile than him. That's for darn sure. So, uh, I'd say this rule yeah. has the potential, if uh, you know, to get plenty of attention if he's in any way, shape, or, fo- or form involved in it, Uh but, yeah, I mean, I think it's safe to say already, A.P., it's the storyline of the year, uh, without a doubt, already, You know, certainly of the preseason, so to speak.
3: Yeah, it's on the mind of everybody everywhere you, you, you travel. They're asking you about who's going to play quarterback at Alabama.
1: They're you would know.
3: You about, yeah, they're, yeah, they're not, they're not asking you about who's challenging Alabama. They're saying, who's going to play quarterback at Alabama? Right. You know, that's the, you know, the, the scenario that I described, If two is healthy. I believe he can win the position, but yeah, you just never know when you're practicing, what's going to, what's going to occur. I mean, so they're both competing. As I said, there'll be that conversation and Jalen himself will have to make that decision. Does he want to stay? Does he want to transfer? Does he want to try to test that red shirt rule possibly? And, limit his play for the team i mean will nick Saban allow such a situation i don't know
1: yeah i know it's it's really pretty crazy when you think about it ap you know uh that yeah this could this is the major storyline and you know uh in today's day and age as we all know especially in sports we all remember the last thing we saw (laughs) the last thing we saw was (laughs) Tua <laughs> throwing one of the great passes in college football history. Of course, you remembered even more, given that he's a lefty and whatnot. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, a la Kenny Stabler, and you know, he just launched right, right. one of the great passes in history. Whatever it was, 50, 60 yards in the air, uh, stunning to win the national championship. And, it's like you know, buzzer beater yeah. at, in basketball it was uh, awesome.
3: Oh yeah, walk off home run, all those types right. of things. Three point exactly shot right. to win the. NBA title. I mean, yep. Uh, a field Gordon goal, the beating Super Bowl, beating. or yeah, uh, you know, all all those kind of things. But and it was freshman to freshman,
1: Correct. freshman to freshman, freshman to boot. Quarterback, boots. freshman
3: wide receiver.
1: Right, and that has to send shutters through the SEC, of course. Uh, <laughs> you know that these guys are only freshmen and they've already made the biggest play of their life. Uh, as far as college football, you can't beat it; you can only tie it as the greatest play ever. Um, So yeah yeah I mean if if Gordon Hayward would have hit that shot to beat Duke in the national championship it would would have been the same thing uh but yeah it's uh it's gonna be great uh great to watch uh so you're right on top of it uh so we're already ahead of the game and here we are it's only in July and I can only imagine what a topic it is in Alabama if it's it's already getting national attention and it will for the next six weeks
3: Oh, yeah, there's no question about it. And, John, it's funny because the same situation really exists at Georgia with Jake Fromm, who played in the national championship game and was very good, and they have a hot shot. Freshman Justin Fields coming in at quarterback. And then at Clemson, you had the the quarterback who started in the semifinal game against Alabama. He's being challenged by a freshman as well. So there's three high-profile programs all facing this quarterback situation.
1: Wow. That is going to be fascinating. Again, the overall new rule and whatnot is really going to be the, the storyline, to say the least. So, AP, it's going to be fun to watch. Hard to be, believe we're at the end of our first segment. So why don't we uh, take a break and still a lot more to get to uh, on the other side of this break.
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN.
4: Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now... Back to the show.
1: Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And, A.P., we are talking some... SEC media days that you covered last week in Atlanta and uh basically once we started talking about Jalen Hurts and Tua uh, and the Alabama quarterback situation we didn't uh that that took up the entire previous segment uh no surprise it won't be the last time that happens I'm guessing uh but I'm sure a lot (laughs) more went on during SEC media days uh a lot of marquee teams so how was uh how was the overall experience for you?
3: Yeah, I liked it, John. Like I said, I was in the electronic media room and you were able to ask a lot more questions because there weren't as many journalists. So I enjoyed that that aspect of being in the electronic media room. But some of the takeaways I had that I spoke to the L S U coach Ed Orgeron and I asked him about the quarterback position. You know, they have the transfer Joe Burroughs from Ohio State, but they have two or three others in the mix. So I get the feeling, John, that they might use a couple of quarterbacks at LSU because they have dual-threat quarterbacks, they have passing quarterbacks, quarterbacks that are very good runners. So he told me that he's going to have the base plays along with the packages for the specific skills of each quarterback. But I, it just sounded like he's going to use more than one.
1: Wow. Well, that's breaking news. I know he was on a couple of interviews last week that I saw, but uh, I mean, that's big news. You know, let's face it. A quarterback position has always been the Achilles heel of LSU as they continue to just send uh, big numbers every year. to The NFL and many of them go on to be big time stars yet. Uh, You know, they're not winning national championships with what appears to many to be, you know, maybe the best talent in the country, at least based on how they perform in the NFL. So, yeah, uh, I kind of like it, actually. You know, I I think yeah, we've seen two quarterback systems work before. Uh, We all know the phrase, if you have, you know, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. But I I think it can work now and again. I think (laughs) LSU is the perfect place to try it.
3: Yeah, I think so. Unless somebody really, really emerges as the leader and performs magnificently, I think you're going to see a couple of quarterbacks because uh, I don't know if there's one that's going to separate from the other. Uh, so, it, and it's not always nice to have a uh, a dual threat quarterback, passing quarterback. You put uh, different pressure on specific defenses. So, I think that might happen. Uh, one of the other coaches I spoke to, John, was Mississippi State, Joe Moorhead. You're familiar with him? He was a Penn State oh, yeah. coordinator. Uh, and, and then absolutely. And also he
1: was at UConn. At one, he, was at, he was at UConn at one time as well. And Right, and he came to Penn State from Fordham. Right, Fordham. He the head so coach at Fordham. Big,
3: uh, yeah, head coach, a big, tall gentleman. And I like his style. And he said what he wants to do with the quarterback position is it's Nick Fitzgerald. You know, a tremendous runner. I think he led the league in rushing last year. 6'5", about 240. He can really put pressure on defenses with his legs. He's got a strong arm, but not accurate. Exactly. He threw it about 55% last year. He wants Nick and this offense to increase to 65%. So this offense could be successful. That's what he told me. So, you know, that's... It seems like a big number from 55 to 65, but... You know he's familiar with that offense that he implemented at Penn State, so he, you know, that's that's his goal. And if if Nick Fitzgerald can throw the ball at sixty five percent, he's going to be a handful to to stop because he's an excellent runner.
1: You know, absolutely, and uh, you know, I'm glad you brought him up. I, of course, you know, watch basically every play of Penn State the last couple seasons and what he did with Trace McSorley. Who was barely recruited is amazing, and when I, and Trace McSorley, of course, is a very mobile quarterback and an excellent passer as well. He's just a good quarterback, and uh, and you know, but with you know, he's not the biggest guy, not the physical tools of a Nick Fitzgerald, yeah. so he he could really turn yes. Nick Fitzgerald into something pretty special, as he already did with uh, Trace McSorley.
3: Yeah, I, I was with Trace McSorley actually at the Manning Passing Academy a few weeks. Ago, and as you said, he's not physically imposing. Whereas Nick Fitzgerald, is six foot five, two thirty-five, two hundred forty pounds, strong arm, and if you could get him to be more accurate,
1: he's he he
3: could be the MVP of the league.
1: He sure could be in a potential high, if not number one, overall pick. I mean, you know, just based on the ship, based totally on the size. Um, but he already played in some big games. He's had some great games in his career, Nick Fitzgerald. Uh, and one thing I can say about Joe uh, Joe Moorhead at AP, and you know this, I mean, he is a very, very creative play caller. Uh, and he's also a risk taker, uh, you know, we which is good and bad, mostly good. But in the same light, yes, you know, absolutely. The, a couple games ended with some interceptions for Penn State, some big games two years ago against Pitt. To begin the season, and of course nobody will ever forget the interception that ended the Rose Bowl against USC. But, you know, I and every Penn State I fan I know, and I know a lot of them, had no objection whatsoever because they wouldn't have been in those positions in either game or many other games without that attitude of just going for it and, you know, keep the, keep the pedal down. They, that, that's the way they operate. Yeah, they have a lot of
3: starters returning, John, on both sides of the ball. They have two exceptional defensive linemen that will play in the NFL: Simmons and Sweat Montez Sweat. I really like him. On the edges, about six five, oh maybe two fifty. A lot of speed, and quick. They're the kind okay. of people that of a quarterback will have nightmares with before they they play each other. And so, Mississippi State, if if they had a if they were playing Alabama on at home. You might say that might be my second choice to uh, win that SEC West, but they're playing Alabama and Tuscaloosa this year.
1: Well, has a chance to be a big game. Uh, and, you know, it's nice to know that Joe Moore had, uh, you know, it turned out so well for him. I mean, you know, three years ago he was coaching Fordham. Two years as Penn State yeah. OC where he literally along with James Franklin, of course, you know, and, and the players, Saquon Barkley and, and the like brought that program back to its former prominence. So it is just, uh, you know, good for him. And here he is head coach in the sec with a program that, you know, uh, yeah, has a great history. Just had Dak Prescott a few years ago. Uh, I, I'm going to keep my eye on them this year. Uh, they, they could do some special things, I'm guessing.
3: Yeah, they, yeah, they can. Like I said, I'm, that defensive line is impressive uh, to me, the Sweat and Simmons. And, right. of course, Nick Fitzgerald, who, he he's puts a lot of pressure on defenses. And with this new offense, I, I just have a feeling, as you do, John, that they're going to improve, and Nick Fitzgerald's going to be a better quarterback.
1: No, yeah, I think so, too, based on the work I saw him, Joe Moorhead, do with uh, McSorley. Um, well, I think the Cowboys could be pretty loud this year, AP. What do you think?
3: <laughs> I think so. And they do get loud, believe me, when you're thoughtful, it is some kind of noise.
1: I can imagine. Uh, no, that sounds like a place I uh, should go catch a game at. Uh, so, AP, what else did you see at the SEC media days that really caught your attention?
3: Yeah, you know, South Carolina, I thought they had a good season last year under Will Muschamp. Uh, Jake Bentley, the quarterback, who's actually from Alabama, and uh, he's he's very good. But they're going to go to that up-tempo offense, so that's something to watch over in Columbia. Uh, South Carolina probably is one of the teams that might challenge Georgia on the east side in the eastern division uh I, you know, one of their early games is South Carolina-Georgia. I think um, that game might be in Columbia, John. So, you know, Georgia better be ready because South Carolina is trying to make a move.
1: And I'm glad you said that, AP, because I had the pleasure only two months ago of being in Columbia, South Carolina for the first time ever. And really enjoyed the town. And as I always like to do whenever I'm visiting, basically any, any city with a stadium, <laughs> I, of course, <laughs> drove over and checked out, out uh, South Carolina's uh, stadium. Very, very impressive. Like, it's real easy to visualize, you know, what it must be like there on game day. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, Steve Spurrier built something pretty special there. Uh, for which the state will forever be indebted to him. And now now they just need to carry it on, continue on. And uh, I, I think the base is in place, thanks to Spurrier. And, and now they'll move forward and be uh, a player. Yeah, I mean, will,
3: will Muschamp, you know, he's in his second stint as a head coach. Things didn't go well at Florida. Yeah, I think he learned quite a bit. And now he's got the South Carolina team
1: believing that they can win and challenge for that Eastern Division. Right. He's an alumnus of South Carolina, right? He went to school there? Um, well, you know what, John, I think it's
3: either Georgia or Auburn. I forgot.
1: Okay. Well, I think he has a previous connection, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But whatever. He's Will Muschamp. Uh, we all know who he is. Of course, he made his name as uh, Mac Browns defensive coordinator if i remember correctly out of uh, university of texas national championship team 2006 so uh i think we can expect big things from south carolina and as always we can expect our break every 15 minutes and it's here already ap so why don't we take our final break for the show and still a few more things to get to on the other side
0: America. America Sports Channel.
2: Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host JD Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like, we won't judge or even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel.
0: You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show.
1: Wish America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is actually, and this is a first, on PBS tonight, public television, is a one-hour special on Ted Williams, a legendary Red Sox player who uh is called and the title of the show is The Greatest Hitter Who Ever Lived. Got my attention the moment I heard about it, but just today um uh ESPN and other outlets are really uh saying it's a must see. Uh I've read the book on Ted Williams, Lee Montville's book, uh one of the most fascinating sports personalities in the history of American sports by far. <laughs> interrupted to become a fighter pilot, interrupted his baseball career. Uh, obviously had his battles with the media and again, by acclamation is probably the greatest hitter who ever lived. So I think tonight's show is going to be terrific. Uh, 10 PM Eastern time, uh, on PBS. So should be fun. So that's the first AP. I don't think I've ever teased a show on PBS before.
3: <laughs> yeah. I love those uh, Ken Burns specials, Brooklyn Bridge, uh, Civil War, uh, a uh, number of topics, yeah. but he's been doing it for about 30
1: years now, I believe, those those specials. Yeah, he did one on baseball, right, if I'm not mistaken. Did
3: one on baseball, he sure did, yeah. yeah many, I can't recall them all.
1: Exactly, exactly. Uh, so yeah, should be good. Just an absolutely fascinating person, Ted Williams. When I go to the airport up here, I, of course, go through the Ted Williams Tunnel to get there. And uh, a, a true, true, true Boston legend. Trust me. And uh, so, yeah, should be good. So, AP, I didn't know if you had any more SEC nuggets uh, from SEC Media Days. Uh, I have a couple of topics to cover. Uh, if you don't, but if you, I did want to say, if you any other observances, uh, we'd love to hear them.
3: Oh, just just a, just a few more, John. Uh, One thing people can take note of, if Alabama has a starting quarterback from Hawaii, there might be another one from Ole Miss. That'd be the first time I can imagine two quarterbacks from the state of Hawaii starting in the
1: SEC. Wow. That's amazing. Not to mention, let's throw this in there, of course, and I'll be seeing him tonight. I can't wait. Uh, The starting quarterback at University of Central Florida, undefeated last year under Scott Frost is also from Hawaii, correct? And he had a tremendous year.
3: Oh, yeah, a great year. So, yeah, Hawaii's making a name from the South in football. Uh, yeah, Mar-
1: Marcus Mariota. Was...
3: Yeah, yeah, Marcus Mariota, he was the one that kind of started this whole... Right, blazed the trail. Uh, you know, But, yeah, blazed the trail. So And all those players, they all, of course,
1: look up to Marcus Mariota. Right, and I'm guessing our... UCF quarterback uh, tonight will not be his first time seeing the ocean.
3: <laughs> I think that's a safe bet. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it might be his first time seeing the Atlantic, but he's playing with the Pacific. Very, very. Um, yeah, but um, but anyway, they have an excellent receiving core. They have uh, DK Metcalf. His dad was Terrence Metcalf, an all-star. Guard at Ole Miss, played in the NFL for a number of years, and uh AJ Brown is supposed to be better than him, and then Lodge is the other receiver, so Ole Miss really can
1: put on a show in the air. Ole Miss and Mississippi State. That's gonna be uh that's gonna be some fun stuff. I'm sure the state will will remember that they were both like number one in the span of like three weeks or something a couple years ago. Uh and the I, entire I, state was just Wild, correct?
3: Yeah, that was incredible. I mean, uh, I never thought I'd see
1: that in my lifetime, John. Correct. I know. It was crazy, and you were right in the middle of it. And uh, I think it all started when Ole Miss beat Alabama, and that kind of got both both teams going, right? Absolutely, sure did. Yeah, Ole Miss beat Alabama two years in a row. Exactly. Uh, And just before I forget, the name of the quarterback for University of Central Florida, just so we're all clear, is Mackenzie Milton. Uh, and he was fantastic last year under Scott Frost. And I'm sure he's, uh, he's going to be good. Of course, their head coach, who took over for Scott Frost when he moved on to his alma mater, Nebraska, the Cornhuskers, is uh, Josh Heupel. So I, Josh Heupel. Josh Oklahoma Heupel. Oklahoma quarterback, right. Oklahoma quarterback, exactly. So yeah, another big name. Uh, pretty interesting, I hadn't thought about it, but a Nebraska quarterback, former quarterback, gives way to a former Oklahoma quarterback, given their history. <laughs> uh, that, quite a connection. Yeah, that is it's well, pretty interesting. Yeah, well, AP, speaking of quarterbacks, our old friend, Johnny Manziel, was in the news last night. Uh, for good, all the right reasons, uh, sort of, in that he was traded from the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the Canadian Football League to the Montreal Alouettes to play for, and I love this, Mike Sherman. Uh, oh, my goodness. His, his former coach at Texas A&M, and let me add that in my writing for the NFL, uh, which I've done for the past number of years, I Mike Sherman, who is from the Boston area, coached at a high school on Cape Cod so i went down and spent an afternoon with mike sherman uh, a couple of years ago wrote a story on him for the nfl Oh, oh and kids. he was fabulous i just loved the guy and we talked that day about his texas a&m and johnny manziel and boy to see that last night it, frankly it warmed my heart that those two are being reunited for of course it was manziel's career highlight winning the heisman under mike sherman yeah he he um I know that
3: Mike, I think he went to Central Connecticut State University as well. I think you're right about that. Yes,
1: he's a New England guy. That's for darn sure.
3: Yeah, he was up there. And, and uh, John, I, I'm not sure if he, he Sherman was his coach or Kevin Sumlin or both. I'm not sure. I'm not,
1: well, you not know, that's right. a very good I think point.
3: Think it was, I, no, I
1: think it was, it no, was think Kevin some, Sumlin. Sumlin was, the, was the, the coach when they beat Alabama. I, I remember that. You're right. Uh, here, here's what it is. Thank you for clarifying that. These things tend to run together. Sherman recruited Manziel. He got him to Texas A&M and at some right, point, so right. I'm not 100% sure if he ever coached him, but he right. he, no, he, he got him there.
3: Them, but I mean, there,
1: I knew there was a connection there, but that's a, that's great that they reunited. That's really cool. It's really cool. And, you know, he ran into an incumbent quarterback up in Hamilton uh, that is has play, played well for Hamilton and you know, has off to a quick start here in the first five games up in Canada. So he just never saw the field. I, I to my knowledge, I, I know that he had literally no stats or whatever. Uh but yeah. good for him. Hopefully he ends up playing or for Montreal and making a name for himself. You know, we all I just can't help but think of what Canada did for Doug Flutie and what Doug Flutie did for Canada too. Um <laughs> a match made in right, heaven. Right. And Manziel certainly yeah, would appear to be terrific. that guy. That,
3: it is. Yeah, and the Mon- Montreal's a nice city too.
1: It's a great city. It truly is. Yeah. Um, uh, and they love their football up there. That's for sure. And in Montreal, in particular, so I think it's uh, I, I think it's going to be fascinating to watch. Uh, I, again, I don't know their quarterback situation, but you got to think that Mike Sherman went out and got him for a reason, given their history.
3: Yeah, I mean he's he's familiar with him as you said, so I can't wait to watch a game to see how he
1: plays with uh, Montreal. Yeah, well the truth is I've tuned into a couple, uh, at least one Hamilton game, but I you know he didn't make the field when I watched and it. Sounds like he apparently he hasn't at all. But uh, you know, looping back to our earlier discussion, we talked about of course Joe Moorhead, the new coach at Mississippi State after two years of. Uh, two great years at Penn state and their high powered offense. And noticed this morning that Saquon Barkley signed his contract with the New York giants. And it was for like 31 million. And if I saw it correctly, I, I thought I saw a line that said he's going to be, he's, he's now the highest paid. He will be the highest paid running back this year in the NFL based on his rookie contract that he just signed. Wow. That's, That's a wow! Nice. Yeah, (laughs) my thoughts exactly. Uh, You know, I liked it because I've been saying on this show in recent weeks uh, that I think he is going to have every bit the impact that you know Ezekiel Elliott and Todd Gurley had. Uh, Instant franchise player who puts the Giants brings them right back to relevancy. Of course, with Eli Manning. Uh, see if Odell Beckham can return to form, and boy, you talk about the p- potential for an instant big three a la Aikman, Irving, and Emmitt Smith. That uh, could be in place in a hurry there. I, I just think he's going to explode on the scene on day one. and Obviously, the Giants think so, too, given him that contract.
3: Yeah, if he gets any type of blocking, that's really going to help Eli in that passing game.
1: Exactly right. Yes. Eli can still bring it. I have no doubts if he has uh other parts of the game in place and you're right. For both passing and running, AP it's uh it's all about uh the offensive line. Uh now we'll decide both how well Barkley does and Barkley's a great blocker by the way, so he'll actually help on pass blocking. But AP, hard to believe. We're at the end of the show. Uh last segment always goes quickly, but thank you as always for calling in, your great perspective on having covered SEC media days, and uh, uh, AP, it feels like football's in the air. It it seems like it's upon us.
3: Every time I smell
1: that grass, John, I'm looking for football. Me too, me too. It, It just, media days somehow kicks it off. You had your fix last week. I'm getting mine in a couple hours with the American Athletic Conference media days in Newport, Rhode Island, so... Time to hit the road, but thank you again for all your expertise and perspective. Hey, thank you, John. It's always my pleasure. All right, AP, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern time.